Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and in this episode you're going to hear two reviews of the same movie, and that movie is David Fincher's The Killer, which released on Netflix earlier this month and stars Michael Fassbender. Now you're going to hear Keith's version first, and then you're going to hear mine, but without further ado, here's Keith's take on The Killer. The Killer, the new Netflix movie from David Fincher, and based on the French graphic novel by Alexis Nolant, isn't quite top-shelf Fincher, but it's close enough to make it a welcome return to the form for which fans love him. In it, Michael Fassbender, who's a busy guy you can also see this week on the big screen in a far different role in Taika Waititi's deliriously fun Next Goal Wins, plays the titular killer, the only name he's given in Fincher's new offering. From the start, the strengths and weaknesses of Fincher's flick are a delves into the everyday routine of our anti-hero here, who Fassbender plays with zero resolve throughout. As we meet him, he's alone across the street from his latest target in Paris, his rifle ready for just the right moment. We learn he's a fan of the Smiths, funny, yoga, and more, but this opening stretch can get tedious as the killer outlines his every step of those waiting days in his mind as well as how he came to this point in his life. Don't worry too much, because if you can stick through that, once our titular killer takes his big shot, this all unfolds in a precise and thrilling way, coming close to if not quite reaching the heights of Fincher's best work. Before we dive into some of the best characters we encounter along the way in this tight thriller, just know it unfolds almost like a revenge pick, but with a welcome twist as a tale of survival, and you don't want to know much more than that going in. The key to all this is Fassbender, who as usual keeps viewers engaged all along the way as he dives deeper into who he needs to track down and take care of for his own survival. Pretty standard stuff that Fassbender still elevates throughout, as does cinematographer Eric Messerschmidt, who films this for Fincher beautifully as our killer's journey goes from Paris to the Dominican Republic, then to New York, which in filming was actually Chicago and other Illinois locales. We get great set pieces that bring chaos to the would-be serene world of the killer as he plots how to ensure his survival. Charles Cornell is particularly great as the lawyer, and the fight that unfolds between the killer and the brute is first-rate too. And yes, stick around long enough and you'll meet Tilda Swinton too as the expert, but it would be a crime on my part to tell you any more than that. In short, I'd say this has most of the markings of a great Fincher flick, but scaled down to screaming level, it does lose some of its edge. Maybe think of Steven Soderbergh's recent thriller for Max, Kimmy, which I thought was an even better example of a great director adapting to his new restraints and still making the most of them. So, if you're a Fincher fan, watch this one for sure. For what he managed to make for here for Netflix, much better in my mind than Mank, I'll give this an affectionate three stars. Thanks, Keith. You know, there's not really much more to say that Keith hasn't already mentioned in his review of The Killer, but I will agree that I don't think this is in David Fincher's top 10 best work. The plot is a movie that you've seen over and over again if you watched any kind of Hitman movie. But the good thing is that even though the story is something that's familiar, when you have high-level artists like David Fincher, Michael Fassbender, and Tilda Swinton actually executing it, it can raise the level of material up another notch and make it into an enjoyable movie. I thought the beginning was a little slow, and I thought that the voiceover that Michael Fassbender's character, The Killer, was giving, kind of explaining what his routine is and how his approach is to doing a job, you know, kind of gave off some American Psycho, Patrick Bateman vibes, but I'll allow it. And once things really get cooking, you're pretty much on until the end of the movie. And that's pretty much two hours straight of very intense movie making. You know, I actually thought there would be more action or more violence, but it's measured. It's very taunt. It's very smart. Like I said, I won't go over many of the same points that Keith mentioned, but I will say if you like Michael Fassbender, if you like this kind of genre and if you have two hours, I would go ahead and 
click on it, and for that, I'm going to give it three out of five stars. Well, I think we've said all we need to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. You can always reach us at moviesandamealog at gmail.com. We're on Movies and a Meal on Twitter, and you can find us on basically any podcast platforms, which includes Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. But for this episode of Movies and a Meal, I'm Ben. See you.